that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour Podcast in association with bookmakers.com, kindly sponsored by thetoast.co.uk. I'm Darren Hughes and I'm back in the host chair this week and I am delighted to be joined by Race Hour regular Dermot Nolan. How are you finding the post chatting and blues, Dermot? It's uh, nearly a month past, the flat race is starting to kick into gear and is it the case of kind of following Dylan Thomas and rage, rage against the dying of the light or are you happy enough to, to move into this part of the season? <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually happy enough. I, I kind of tend to really enjoy the flat now, just because it, it's art that does not have the pressure on it now. So you're just watching it, enjoying it more than anything, really. Um, so yeah, no, look, happy enough. But you know, the uh, there's a few kicks left in the jump season yet as well. There, yeah, for sure there is, and we're, we're going to cover uh, the first volley of those kicks in this podcast. But we're also delighted to be joined by Keen Kirby, who's going to help us do just that. How are things on your end, Keen? Very good, thanks, Darren. Yeah, I'll be the opposite of Dermo now. Once the flat season kicks into gear, I completely zone out of racing, so I'm just going to enjoy the next uh, month or so of national hunt racing. And that's you. Yeah, fair enough. You're one of those curmudgeonly types. That's grand. Uh, a well-travelled man is also in the corner here, Jamie Benson from the Tote. Uh, what corner of the university are you joining us from this week, Jamie, and, and how's the punting going for you? I'm just, I'm just in London now, um, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to slip over to to Fairy House for Easter, but we'll see, we'll see if I have any luck with that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in good order. I'm in good order. It's always a bit of a come down after Cheltenham, but starting to get excited about the world again. Fairy House, Aintree, then on to Punchstown. Yeah, geez, it's not all bad. April is it? No, it's not. No, and you know, spring really and truly has sprung as well. There's a bit of a uh, bit of juice in the air and a bit of light in the evening time as well. But uh, it is Irish Grand National Weekend, and we're just a few days away from the entry showpiece. But I'm going to stick with you first here, Jamie. It's a huge weekend for the Tote. You guys have got some exceptional concessions on offer, and can you tell us a little bit about your plans for the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be uh, guaranteeing the 250k place pods um, throughout the the weekend, and and there's plenty more going on uh, regarding free place pods uh, and and all that trifecta rollovers, all those sorts of good things. All of which uh, is on the site at Toto UK or Toto IE. Um, but my main focus, as as is often the case, is, is fantasy. Uh, we're seeing the pools grow really nicely. Like um, we've got new players joining every every day, and uh, I'd say over over Easter weekend we're going to get sort of up to maybe a grand or more than that for the winner, um, and profit down to the top twenty five percent as well. So it's gonna it's gonna be a great great weekend of um of racing there's a few mixed cards with Musselburgh and, and Haydock on Saturday and then obviously Fairy House um which is on Saturday as well but sadly couldn't be squeezed in because of ITV the bastards only showing English racing the racists so um, <laughs> <laughs> yes agreed um but yeah no um I made sure Fairy House was uh, was the order of the day on Saturday and Sunday though so um uh, sorry on Sunday and Monday um so yeah and no, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be great crack um I'll be entering a few teams uh, in 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 the fantasy, but yeah, let's try and find some some winners first. For sure, yeah, a, a thorough explanation there as always, and I will say as a relatively recent convert to Toad Fantasy, uh, and I'm sure Dermot and Keane can say the same. For eight quid, you knock an unbelievable amount of crack out of it uh, in a day's race, and it's it's kind of good to see where you stand up against a few 
few of the characters of the racing world uh, sometimes on Twitter as well, which is always good fun. Uh, anyway, lads, it is the Irish Grand National Weekend, and we're going to kick off with the showpiece um, on Easter Monday in Ferry House. Um, the Irish Grand National itself, 500 grand, I think the race is worth at the moment. Uh, the Devil's Coachman heads the market. He's a general price of about 8 to 1. Uh, Kim, your rivals, Angels Dawn and Stumptown, as well as last year's winner, Lord Larry, are all around the 10 to 1 mark, and it's 14th and bigger than the rest. Jamie, I'm going to stick with you. Do you have a fancy for this at the moment? Yeah, I do, if I could get my mute button working. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, lads, because I'm not fully up on, on exact decks. Um, but my two against the field um, were going to be Dunboyne and uh, Bustleton. So, um, so the case Dunboyne for Dunboyne... goes to entry, I think. Does he? Okay, there you go. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, straight off the bat, not Dunboyne then. Uh, my case for him was just going to be on the sort of rating swing with Angels Dawn and Stumptown from um, from Cheltenham. He's been dropped, whereas those other two have been put up, um, and he's a bigger price, but goes to Aintree. I still fancy him there. Um, but Bustleton, I'd say this has been the plan um, ever since he, he didn't quite go as well as they might have hoped in, in it's safe to say, in Hennessy. But, you know, he was still fifth there. Um, and he's a young horse. You know, he's only just turned six, which is mad to think about. It feels like he's been around forever. Um, but yeah, nice pipe opener last time out at Navin behind any second now over two and a half. You know, that is a blatant prep um, for for this. And yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a dour stayer in the making. He's only six. So maybe he, he needs another year to strengthen up. But off 149, you'd say he's well handicapped, given that he went off... Um, you know, single figures off that mark in 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 the Coral Trophy, I should say, before I piss off uh, more people, like I did with Skybet at the um at the, at the race out preview. But yeah, uh, with Dunboyne not going here, I'm going to go with Bustleton as my main pick. Bustleton for uh, the ever burgeoning Joseph O'Brien Yard. I think he's still with Joseph, and obviously owned by um by A.P. McCoy's father-in-law. Uh, Michael Burke. Your man's name, Michael Burke. That's it. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, good work. Um. Dermo, I'm going to come to you next for your Irish national pick. It's a tricky race as always at 8-1 to the field, but I'm sure you've unearthed a diamond or two for us to, to throw a dart at here. Yeah, there's kind of two I like. Now, one is then he shocked anybody. It's the uh, the favourite, the devil's coachman. To me, he just screams out for this race. Now, Royal Pagai is very important here. Um, Royal Pagai runs, he keeps the weight down for everybody. So the devil's coachman would effectively be running off 10-5 under those circumstances but a mark 147 is very fair and for this kind of race you are looking for a horse that's maybe just off grade one standard so he's the first one but at bigger odds now he needs a couple to, to come out but now where or when for the Crawford team he ran an absolute screamer behind Kenboy last time uh, a length and a half behind him now he'd be he'd be getting in at the moment of nine stone seven uh, a mark of 135 he was six behind the goffer at at Leverstown, if you watch that run back, he, he just wants a lot further than two miles five. Screaming run. At uh, Down Royal, over two miles and a half, he won again, just screaming out that, that he wants further. And the three miles last time at Ferry House, three miles, one and a half, he he ran an absolute screamer. I mean, it was over this uh, like over this course, obviously, just a few furlongs short. And he just looked like he just wanted further and further. I had Daryl Keith give him a great ride that day. He'll get further here and like that's a huge effort. And to be running here off of 20 to 1, this was, looks like it's been his target, same as the Devil's Coachman. For these kind of races, I much prefer when the horse has been targeted at it. I don't like horses coming back from, from Cheltenham 
for an Irish national and you're looking to the likes of Arduke or Lord Larry at last year, etc., etc. They tend to be horses who put their season aside for a race like this. So the Devils coach is my idea of the winner, but I think nowhere or when could be one who could run an absolute screamer if he scrapes in at the bottom there. Nowhere when and the Devils coachman, yeah, it's it's very hard not to be impressed by the Devils coachman's claims and Part of me is a little bit surprised that he's still as big as 8-1. I could see him being more like an 11-2 shot on the day. But, of course, time will certainly tell. Uh, Kean, last but not least, do you have a fancy for the Irish Grand National at this point? Yeah, look, it's a brilliant race. The the Irish Grand National, Dermot McLaughlin's obviously going for the hat-trick after winning it the last two years with Lord Larry and freewheeling Dylan. I suppose my fondest memory in the race would be um, our Duke when he just, just bossed the race. It was a re- really impressive performance. I'm not sure if we have a horse as good as him in the race this year, though. Um, I kind of be, I, I see Dermot's point about um, horses running at Cheltenham and not running at the um, Irish Grand National, but I think Stumptown, uh, if they do go to the race with him, I think he's a serious chance. I mean, he's he started off the season as a 111 rated horse. He's just improving through the handicap the whole time. Um, won two races before Cheltenham at Sandown and Turles, then went to Cheltenham, was really well punted for the um, the Kim Muir race. Uh, went off seven to two favorite and was just touched off by Angels Dawn. Um, I think that was a pretty good race, and I reckon at around uh, twelve to one, I think I think he'll um, follow up and I think he'll go really close. I think he's a solid bet for the for the places there. Good stuff, absolutely uh, rock solid selection there from Kean Kirby, who uh, as always, uh, he's one of the better judges we ever have in this podcast. So I'd be keen to listen to his words. Uh, we're going to go back in time a small little bit, lads, to Sunday. The 235 is the grade one honeysuckle mares novice hurdle. The market is headed somewhat surprisingly to my eyes, anyway, by Astro Diamond, who's about six to four. And the magical Zoe is a general three to one poke after getting, and this is again in my eyes, the biggest stones of all time at the Cheltenham Festival and robbing the entire industry of potentially the most magical and emotional moment in our sports history. But anyway, that's just me. Uh, Dermo, I'm going to come to you first of all. Do you have a view on this race as it stands? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Magical Zoe. I uh, completely agree. A, a big fan of Adrian Heskin, but that's definitely one of those rides that you'd put under the, the category of he do it again. Um, the, it happened a bit at Cheltenham. Jockey seemed to be riding into the last as if they had, you know, they had, they had loads left and then couldn't quite pick up the favourite who'd already gone for home. Uh, Magical Zoe, for me, just seemed to have loads left. Uh, hopefully that hasn't left too much of a mark on her. Uh, Princess Zoe's interesting on the softer, heavy ground, especially the... Uh, we don't want the owner blowing up on Twitter again if it goes wrong. But um, Magical Zoe for me was was the horse that, that should have won the Mayor's Novices Hurdle at, at Cheltenham. Can't quite figure out the Astro Diamond uh, price, to be honest, but uh, or as being fab. So I just think Magical Zoe takes an awful lot of clipping here there. Yeah, I couldn't be in further agreement. I'm just wondering, is it a, de- is it a declarations thing that maybe the books aren't certain about who's going to run this race and who isn't but yeah if if, if magic zoe was to run here i'd make her clear favorite myself kian are you in agreement or what are your thoughts on the race as it stands yeah i'd agree with you on astro diamond she looks plenty sh- short at six to four for what she's done i know she's run well behind um marine national and, and facile vega but six to four looks tight enough uh the one i'll be taking on with is the gordon elliott trained halco du tabert um she was bought for a massive amount of money she won her point to point by 45 lengths and then she only made she only ran in a bumper uh, nace in November, which she scraped home. But since since then she's really improved. She went to nace again next time out, beat Ava Grace, who looks like she's going to run this race by 11 lengths. Then she went down to Fairy House, was only beaten by the Astro Diamond by two and a half lengths. 
And then she ran a screamer at the Cheltenham Festival in the the Mayor's Novice Hurdle behind you where well a magical Zoe um with Lucia back and forth. I think five to one is a is a pretty big price and you get back her each way against the favourite. She looks like a good bet to me. Another fairly strong selection there for Keen Kirby, who also wants to take on the favourite Ashford Diamond. I think she she looks a windy favourite to us three, uh Jamie Benson. Are you in agreement with us or are you happy to be with the favourite? No, uh, windy, windy, windy. Um I I was unsure between Magical Zoe and Halka de Taba, so I might just uh play them both in an exactor um against the Favs. So yeah, I mean I wouldn't have too much to add. That that form looks very strong and neither of them were were probably ridden optimally, especially Magical Zoe. So um yeah. Prob- probably Magical Zoe at the push would be would be my pick of the two, but um definitely those two to beat the Fab. Very diplomatic there from Jamie Benson. Unusually so, it goes far as to say. <laughs> but again, we're we're all against the favourite here in Race Hour Corner. Uh, we'll have one more one more race from Fairy House lads before I uh, I ask you for anything else on the weekend, and we take a quick break. Then it's the Willow Warm Gold Cup. It's at uh, four fifty five on Sunday. Now I couldn't find betting for this at the minute. It doesn't look like it's been priced up uh, as of yet. But the likes of El Fabiolo has entered up here. Allegory Davasi, etc., etc. Mighty Potter, I think, is in here as well. They all probably won't run but surely if El Fabiola was to rock up here it'd be a fairly quick stroll through the stroll in the park for him for heading on to punch down Jamie I'll stick with you yeah obviously this is hugely dependent on what actually goes um El Fabiola looks by far and away the the pick of these I would be keen to give Mighty Potter another shot um he's been so impressive this season and it just wasn't his running last time out um I was very much not of the view that he wouldn't get Cheltenham I couldn't see why I thought his supreme run was probably just put lines through it but you can't help but be very scared uh about about the fact that he ran so badly last time however i think back at fairy house he, he'll be he'll be happy enough so i'd be keen to give him uh, another shot if he was a price but yeah el fabiolo well clear um and they're the two class acts in the race i'd say um all depends all depends on decks unfortunately absolutely yeah el fabiolo declaration depend on key and kirby but um, would you be inclined to take him on if he did rock up here and with what? Yeah, this is a serious race. Just looking through the list of winners there. It's been won by the likes of um, Fleming Star, Road to Respect, Album Photo, and even last year, Gallop in the Champs. So whatever runs and whatever wins will be a good one. Um, looking at the decks, it's impossible to predict what will um, what will run, to be honest with you. I thought Marty Potter, yeah, he, he didn't run that badly at Cheltenham. He's just kind of missed, I think it was the second last, and just... His head carriage and stuff was a bit strained. He got no run. I don't think the run was as bad as um, as people thought. I think he could bounce back if he runs. The ground looks too soft for Banbridge. Appreciate it. Um, hasn't developed into the horse. I thought he might. El Fabiola, massive chance he rocks up. Journey with me on a form line beating um, Impervious. Or coming second to Impervious. That is a massive chance. But the one I'd actually uh, give a huge chance to is Sir Gerhard. I thought in the... Um, the RSA chase, he was running an absolute screamer. I, I presume he was trading favourite and running, he was pinging everything. And then I think coming to the second last, he just emptied out. He obviously didn't stay the trip uh, three miles in soft ground. It was his first time going that distance. But I think um, back over the intermediate trip, I think he's a, he's a serious player. And um, I'd be curious to see what price he is now once the, um, once the decks come out. Yeah, a couple of uh, Cheltenham horses there for for, for Keen Kirby, including one who maybe didn't show his best colours at the festival. 
but is being forgiven by uh, our resident hot tipster. So let's see how that goes if he does rock up here. But of course, as we say, very heavily declaration dependent. And Dermo, I'll come to you last of all on the Willow Warm Gold Cup. As the lads have said, and we're sick of saying it now, it is very deck, uh, deck dependent. But uh, do you have any early in, in, indication or inclination of what you might fancy for this? Yeah, I'd love Mighty Potter here. If he ran, um, Cheltenham, yeah, it's it's gonna be hard. Like if he rocks up in the Gold Cup and he's a decent prize next year, it's just a touch of the Don Cossacks about him the way the way he ran there, there on that occasion. It just nothing went right for David Russell either. But uh, running here, he was excellent earlier on this season. He has been brilliant. El Fabiola looks like he could be in a different league, and Willie Mullins tends to fire a very very good one at this race usually. Remember York Hill out in the car park one year, nearly won. Um, so he. He'd be interesting, but yeah, look, we need to see Dex, but if I was going to my head now, I, I probably would be back in Mighty Potter here, Darren, yeah. Sorry, take myself off mute there, as I, I, I'm very quick to sneer at everyone else for doing it. Uh, perfect, <laughs> yeah, Mighty Potter, he's uh, he, he certainly won. You could definitely make a case for... I, I don't want to pinhole him as, as, as a horse that doesn't like chatting him just yet. I, I'd like to give him one more chance uh, around the Gloucester track, but uh, it is getting to a stage now where it's shit or get off the path that looks a very winnable race that he fairly blew up in three or four weeks ago uh Dermot, i'm going to stick with you just before we go to a break is there anything else from fairy house this weekend that you'd like to flag up for listeners uh yeah there's a few uh first of all uh verdant place in the 430 on saturday at fairy house in the novice handicap hurdle uh this is a very very decent race but uh verdant place has won twice now under simon torrance and gets aiden kelly who we all remember giving absolute screaming right to win the uh, the Martin Pipe. Aidan Kelly claimed seven pounds off for Patrick Foley, so this effectively means that from that last effort, he's he's only gone up three pounds. That was a very comfortable win, beating a good horse called uh, Gallon Jonjo. Um, that's very decent form, and for in respect to a race like this, this this does look beautifully planned for him to pick up a three-timer. Seabank Bistro will be very, very popular in this market. Obviously, a, a decent horse running off 130 here for, for Paul Townend. But Burden Place, for me, just looks like one that's, that really is improving. And with a seven-pound claimer up on board of Aidan Kelly's quality, he he should be noted there in the 430 at Fairy House on Saturday. In the 505, uh, De Capo Glory was one that I was really looking forward to running in the Martin Pipe. Uh, probably happy now he didn't run because that winner was uh, was clear, clearly not going to lose. But uh, the Capo Glory, he's just really interesting. He's a seven pound claimer up, Mister D Allen, and uh, who knows the horse really well. The Capo Glory was um, third last year in a Grade One. Uh, this is only his fourth ever run over hurdles, or yeah, and he was uh, he was third last year on his second start over hurdles behind El Fabiolo by seven and a half lengths at Punchestown. Ran an absolute huge race altogether. Hammered Caldwell Diamond before that. And then last time, it was a really eye-catching effort behind Fedor. And in respect to a race like this, effectively running off a mark of 128, I think the Capo Glory is an absolute screaming bet there uh, in the 505 on Saturday. I'm I'm absolutely can't wait for, for him to run. Podrick Butler is a trainer that not, not many might know, but he's a real up-and-coming exciting trainer on sunday in the 420 uh dino blue off top weight i'm very interested in um interested to see whether willie puts a claimer up on board but it, it just wouldn't put me off even off top weight like she ran an absolute screamer at cheltenham i was all over i was gutted but she took those last two fences with her um like that last mistake how she said standing from that last mistake is something unbelievable 
And she was caught by Mascada, who was another Irish mayor who was just really improving. And if she can maybe hold off on those last two two mistakes to jockey, I'd imagine Luke Dempsey might just, he might keep the ride. Um, will be more prepared for her to do something like that because her form where she gave Impervious a right race down at Cork in in December, serious form. And off a mark of 140 here, off top weight, this, this race has no superstars in it. So I think Dino Blue depending on price, obviously, looks a really, really good bet there as well. And then in the 3.15 on Monday, uh, Cotta Harla was a horse who ran an absolute screamer last time for Colin Murphy, was just caught laid on by one. But again, I wouldn't be surprised to see the likes of an Aidan Kelly put up on board here. Uh, Mark 127, in my opinion, is still beneath this horse's ceiling. Um, and that race really isn't a great race at all. So that's Cotta Harla. The three fifteen on Monday, and then yeah, sorry, and that's it. But the uh, the Capo Glory will be one of my more confident picks there. Dan. So we've got Verdon Place, the Capo Glory, Dino Blue, and Cada Harlot for Dermot Nolan, who never falls short in uh, in the stakes of asking him for another uh, wild one for the weekend. So thanks for that, Dermot. Uh, Jamie Benson, that better this better be as impressive as Dermot Nolan. What Dermot Nolan has just come out with. Oh, Jesus, I don't have a shot. I mean, to, I, thank God I heard him say Kalahari because I did fancy that, and I was and I was trying to talk myself out of um, out of about four others in that race. Hayer being one amongst others, but uh, I was, I'm happy enough to hear him say Kalahari, so I'll, I'll land on that. But elsewhere, um, there were there was a couple. So there's one one on the flat that I quite like, uh, which is in the Tote Summer Whirlpool Queens Cup at Musselburgh on Saturday, and that's Prince Alex for Tom Daskin. Uh, he's having his first run for, for Tom, having moved from from Johnny Murta. Uh, he only had the one run for Johnny Murta, was with Michael Bell before that. Um, I'd say Tom Daskin, who is, you know, has got, had his trials and tribulations over the past year and year or so, will be mad keen to get off to a good start this year. Um, the ammo racing lot have made it very clear that they like their horses well forward early in the season to, to sort of maybe pick up some of those softer targets and um you know heritage handicap would be a lovely place to start you'd, you'd think he's a well handicapped horse um off a mark in the low 90s um and he runs here of 89 so um i i think he's a he's a really interesting horse um and probably will hit the frame and then just one that isn't guaranteed to get in but is a really good horse and one to keep an eye out for is um Lorna Fowler's Recoded, um, who is entered up uh, and needs to get a good ballot in the 125 at Ferry House on Sunday. So he's a he's this massive rangy Kodiak, and they bought him, they bred him as a flat horse, and he's just turned out to be this big, absolute like gem. He's uh he's the sweet the sweetest lad you'd ever meet. Like you could put your you could put your four year old on him and and he'd be grand. Um, meant to be a sprinter is going to be a, a novice hurdler. Um, also recoded one of the better names going in that regard. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for him. He, if he runs there, he'll, he'll put in a good show. Um, and similarly, Banjax goes in the grade two novice hurdle and he, he'll he be a massive price and he wouldn't be without his chance. He ran well in Scotland last time um, in a grade two there. So, yeah, the two Lorna Fowler horses, keep an eye out for them. Um, the, the yard's in, in good order and she's uh, always disc- disc- discounted at the bigger meetings, but she's a some operator. 
Very good. Always good for a bit of inside word is uh, is Jamie Benson, particularly with that particular yard. So thank you very, very much for that. And Key and Kirby, I'll come to you last. Anything else from Fairy House at the weekend? Or yeah, I'll, just spin, I'll just spin through a few horses there, Darren. Uh, on Saturday, the 2.45, the Hunter's Chase. I think Fern's Lock will win that. He's an absolute machine. He's only six-year-old. He absolutely spanked Billaway last time out. He skipped Cheltenham. I reckon he could dominate the, the Hunter's Chase division for the next few years if they keep him sound. Then the race after that, um, Allegory, the, the Vassy is declared for that race who broke my heart to Cheltenham. Uh, I reckon she'll, she'll bounce back in that and she'll take all the beating there. She'll run around course and distance uh, twice as well, won both times. She'll win that, I think. And then the 430 horse uh, Dermo already touched on is Seabank Bistro. Gets in off 130. He ran no race in the um, Albert Bartlett, but his form prior to that was was pretty strong. I mean, he was decent in bumpers last season. Um, f- only finished three lengths behind Corbett's Court at Limerick and then beat Franciscan Rock next time out. That's pretty strong form. I think off 130, he's a well-handicapped horse. Then on the Fairy House on the Sunday, the 2 o'clock, I reckon Fern Lily is good enough to carry top weight there off 131. Um, was good in bumpers. Was only ten, beaten 10 lengths by a dream to share, who obviously went on and won the Cheltenham Champion bumper. Then placed in a grade 2 novice hurdle at Kelso and won a Mickey Mouse race at Limerick last time out. But off 131, I think he can win that. Then in the tree tenant fairy house, uh, horse who ran well in the Supreme is Dr. Bravo. Um, his form prior to that was pretty strong. I mean, he finished third behind Fieldor and Charger, who were class horses. Um, that was a really good run for Anavis. I think there's plenty of improvement to come from him. And in the last race, fairy house on a Sunday is the bumper. If you get the chance to go back and watch uh, Brighter Days Ahead win a Goring, he was unbelievable. Pissed up by 13, uh, 13 lengths. Um, whatever beats him there will be a really good horse. I think he could be has a massive future ahead of him. Then on to Monday, just one horse I'll touch on who we haven't seen in ages. He's entered is um, the Willie Mullins trained Monkfish, who obviously was Andy Bo's favourite for the Gold Cup before getting injured. Uh, he won the Brown Advisory beat Filler on the roof. I was beating the Punchdown Festival in 2021. We haven't seen him since, so brilliant to see him back. And then also the concluding bumper to round off the Ferry House meeting. Um, Willie Mullins horse runs a horse called Ballyburn, who they didn't go to the festival with. Um, I think he could be the best bumper horse in Willie Mullins' yard. Um, he's a serious engine on him. And also one more horse in that race I'll touch on is uh, the Henry Bramhead Slade Steel. That's a really hot bumper. There's some really good horses in that, Kinbarra and Porta Philly as well. So whatever wins that will be uh, a top-class novice for next season. So yeah, that's it, Darren. Very thorough there from Keen Kirby. I think I'm inclined to agree on Ballyburn. And from what I understand, they, they'd be inclined to agree with you down in Willie's as well. So it'll be very interesting to see how he gets on, not just this weekend, but with a view to the future. Okay, look, we're going to take a very, very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to bring you the ITV races from Saturday on Saturday from Haydock, as well as the lads' snap. So don't go anywhere. Tote Corner, each week on the race hour, keeping you up to date ahead of the weekend jumps racing. Check out the tote today and get involved. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Race Hour podcast in association, as always, with bookmakers.com. 
and kindly sponsored by thetote.co.uk. In the first half of the podcast, we covered Fairy House and the rest of the weekend's action, but we do, of course, still have to cover the ITV racing from Haydock on Saturday as well as get the lad snaps. So we're going to kick straight into Haydock, a nice easy card to, uh, to see out the podcast. And Kian, I'm going to come to you first of all for the half one, the Challenger two mile hurdle series final. Bubble Doobie heads the market at about seven to two, two friendly six to one, take it easy sevens. It's a fairly tricky contest. Do you have a strong view at this point? Um, I'm not a huge opinion there. And as you said, these races are, very, very tricky. Wouldn't have a strong opinion on anything at Haydock. But if you push me for a selection on the 130, I'd go with um, the Tom Simmons trained Issam. Uh, he's been running well this season now. Second uh, on his prior two starts to winning. And then he beat Kepa um, by two and three quarter lengths last time out. Reckon he's trending in the right direction. And if you push me for a selection, I reckon he could um, he could, he could, he could win this year. Yeah, very fair. Um, I think it's 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 hard to knock any dart that anyone wants to throw at any of these races because they are they are so open and everything goes there with a reasonable chance. Um, Jamie, I'll come to you next of all. The half one challenger two mile hurdle series final at Haydock on Saturday. Uh, it's a mouthful to say. It's probably an even bigger mouthful to pick the winner of. Do you have a strong view? <laughs> uh, I love that you went to Kian first though. You clearly, couldn't give a monkey's about Haydock, but. <laughs> <laughs> thank god he's found all the winners at fairy house so <laughs> um yeah no so it, uh this wouldn't be my strongest view uh on this card i've got a few that i fancy more later in the day but um take it easy i think is a well handicapped horse for pam sly i can't give you a good reason why he's going to buck his sort of seemingly slightly downward trend however he won off a of mark of one three two um he runs here for mark of one two two you'd think he's probably a well-handicapped horse. Um, and yeah, like I say, I, I can't tell you why why he'll turn the form around, but these Pam Sly horses do sometimes just come right. She's such a good trainer. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's about eight to one at the moment. I can see him going off bigger than that. Um, and I'd just be willing to take a bit of a chance here. Um, Hardy the Soy will be rock solid, but ran eight days ago. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't like that that much. Um and yeah, I wouldn't put anyone off having a dart at anything in this race. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, finding one that might bounce back to form at a big price could definitely be the way to play these this particular set of races. Uh, Dermo, I'll come to you last of all, of course. The half one in Haydock on Saturday. Uh, not quite the fair that we've been uh, talking about in Fairy House for the last half an hour, but do you have a view on the race at this stage? Uh, yeah, I actually quite, uh, quite like Riz Darjan here, Dar. Darren, uh, sixteen to one or so. Um, this horse ran a very, very strong race last time and was just kind of caught late on. Now comes back and trip here at at Haydock, and Haydock will definitely see with more than banger on D. And just the horse has been falling and falling down the handicaps. Um, Alistair Ralph's a very, very decent trainer, and under Johnny Burke here, who's had an absolutely screaming season as well. Um, Riz Darjan for me just at these odds looks a, looks quite a decent bet here. There. Very good. It's glad to see someone talking about Haydock with a little bit of enthusiasm uh, on this podcast. And of course, it comes from Dermo Nolan, who I'm going to stick with for the 240, the Challenger Staying Chase uh, Staying Chase Series Final. Uh, three miles and a furlong and a half. Jeffrey's Cross is the favourite here, varying in price from about 3-1 to one to 5-1. to one. But uh, he is a bit of a pig, if I remember correctly. He's chucked away more than one race throughout the course of his life. Maybe one to swerve. 
Mucho Mas then is a fives puck. Five is eight to one, and it's about it's tens bar after that. Uh, Dermo, have you got anything even close to a sexy first? This as you had in the half one. This is a very very competitive race, as everything is at. Um... Hey, look, and Saturday, we spend our whole season moaning about small fields and then we get this this absolute packed fields, but it just makes it very, very difficult. But a trainer, I'm definitely going to butcher his name, but the trainer I kind of recently learned about was uh, Taj Collier. Um, and he's he's based down in Yorkshire, but their, their best horse by Country Mile is the uh, Drone. And this horse has been improving steadily last time running up on a great race to be second behind Gallic uh, Geordie under Sean Quinlan and is down now to 115. That's only one pound above this horse's last winning mark. And uh, William Shanahan claims seven pounds off. So he's effectively six pounds below his last winning mark. This does look like the rare occasion where this, this actually might've been this horse's aim. Um, heading up the Haydock there from Yorkshire. So at 11 to one, Ladrone here under William Shannon, who, it looks decent enough. So at uh, 11 to 1, he's definitely worth a poke there. there. He's an old favourite of mine, Ladron, as well, I have to say. He's been in my tracker since, I'd say, about 2020 or thereabouts. And uh, he's, he's paid for a few hot dinners. So uh, wouldn't put you off him at all, Dermo. Uh, Key and Kirby, I will come to you next of all. Hopefully you can show a little bit more enthusiasm for the 240 than you showed <laughs> for the 130. Uh, where do you stand on the races now? Yeah, I think Mucho Mash at the top of the market is probably the most solid one. I, I don't see him out of the place. But just one of the price that um, caught my eye is the Neil Mulholland train, Planned Paradise. If you go back to his run in December behind Quick Wave, he was only beaten four lengths. Uh, Quick Wave was absolutely punted off the boards for the Welsh National. Um, didn't run a race, but then he won next time out at Haydock, beat Slow Lap Press, which is a de- decent form in fairness. And he gets in off a mark of 118. Um, I mean, if he's getting that close to Quick Wave, who's who's off? He's a 150 horse now, I think. Um, he could be well handicapped, and at 14 to one, he looks like a good each way bet to me. Very good. A little bit more enthusiastic there from Kean, which is always good. Uh, he does warm up as the podcast goes on, I promise. And Jamie Benson, I will come to you last of all for the 240 in Haydock. Do you have a strong view on the race as of now? I I actually do. This was going to be my bet of the of the day. Uh, at Haydock, and it might now be my better than me of the whole day on Saturday, which was uh, planned paradise. Um, so I'm firmly in agreement with Kian. I actually reckon I'm going to have the trifecta up here, lads. Don't I mean like don't worry about it. But um, yeah, for all the reasons that 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 Kian just set out for planned paradise, that run at Sandown was mighty. And he just also if you watch him there, he raced quite lazily the whole way around, and you know he probably wanted the ground a bit on the softer side, which he although technically this is going to be good soft as well. Like it's, it's good soft to Haydock versus good soft to Sandown. Um, those, those are two very, very different conditions, um, especially if it's slightly drying ground. You know, I can see him, him being, and also Caelan Quinn claiming five. I just think he's, he's absolutely rock solid of one pound lower than that, that run. I just think he's a stonking each way bet at sort of 14 to one. Um, then Neon Moon uh, has broken my heart a couple of times. I still think he's got a big race in him. Um, and so the connections, they, they punted him off the boards a couple of times this year, only to be just denied by him being a bit, bit of a pig. So I can see him um, coming placed uh, as well as Mucho Mass. So plan paradise to beat Mucho Mass in the on moon. That's a trifecta, lads. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 
love that absolutely love that plan paradise mucho mass and neon moon in a tricast for jamie benson which of course you can do with the tote but uh plan paradise to do the business for win purposes uh we'll close out haydock now lads with the 315 is the challenger stairs hurdle series final uh farmers gamble it's a fury doc pick me all towards the head of what is a fairly compressed market um a lot of them go here with a chance and dermot i'm going to come to you first of all for the 315 do you have a strong view on the race not very strong, but I, I can't leave uh, Pylon run here at uh, twenty five to one. He's he's a horse that's, that's broken. <laughs> he's a horse that's broken a few of our hearts a few times. But just these these kind of older horses. He's only nine, saying that, but they um they can just keep dropping in grade and level until they eventually fall in somewhere. And off a mark of one hundred and twenty three, Christian Williams. He's a very good trainer. He has to be able to get this horse back. I mean, this was a horse who at Sandown. In 2021, one off 131, and he just he's just ran some big, massive races. I mean, he was second to Indefatigable by a nose uh, in the Martin Pipe at the Cheltenham Festival off 138 in the previous life. So it's like time hasn't been great to him, but uh, this is not a fantastic race by any means at all. And if Pylon remembers that the, he's a racehorse off 123, running off 25 to one, um, I just yeah, I just couldn't leave him alone here, Dan. Yeah, inclined to agree. He certainly has the bat class to be a huge player in this race. Uh, Jamie, I will come to you next on the 3.15 in Haydock, the uh, Stairs Hurdle final. Yeah, I'll happily pay my pile on tax again. Um, yeah, it's just at this point, it's something of a, of a rite of passage for me. I don't know I'm, I'm punting unless I'm losing money on pile on. So let's add another one to that list. Um, but my, my win selection would be uh, Doc Pick Me for Harry Whittington. He's always really liked this horse since he had him as as a young horse. And he's just starting to get his act together. Um, I, I always think these staying handicap hurdles are, are quite a specific set of tests. So I always quite like, I, I'm never scared of a horse that's coming in having won a couple ra- run, rising up the handicaps. And he's done just that. He beat Sporting Ace, who's a, who's a well-regarded horse of, of Neil uh, Neil King's again, another one that, they, that they've always quite liked. Uh, he was eased down there to win by seven last uh, two starts ago, and then he beat our boy Pylon uh, at Donny last time again by a comfortable distance. Uh, he he went up six for the previous win, six for that win, so he's only up twelve, having won very convincingly the last twice. Um, I think this test obviously will be right up his street. Both of those were over three miles and a half a furlong um, uh, as hurdles. Chasing didn't work out for him. Hurdling him now, staying hurdles very much is. I think he's going to take all the beating at about 6-1. Very good. Doc Pickney and Pylon for Jimmy Benson. Would be nice for Harry Winning to get a big winner like this before he winds down. I think at the end of this season, this is planned to go pre-train him full-time. Uh, unless I've mixed him up with someone else, but I'm pretty sure it is Harry Winning that's doing that. So, yeah, yeah, fingers, yeah. Fi- yeah, good. Fingers crossed for him. And Kean Kirby, we'll wrap up then with you, the 3.15 and hey, Doc, do you have a view on the race? Yeah, look, I think in these open races, um, don't be afraid to have a go at anything at a price. Um, the one I came down on actually is a, is a 25 to 1 shot is Midnight Reflection. Um, he seems to turn the corner at the at the start of the year. I mean, his form pre-Christmas was 8th and 7th. And then come the turn of the year, January was 2nd and 1st at Doncaster in February and then 3rd last time out. I think the spring ground has brought plenty of improvement out of him, and I think he can um, he can definitely outrun his odds here, twenty five to one. So he'd be the, the each way play for me. Um, so taking on the top of the market here, Darren. Big swing there for Keen Kirby. That's excellent stuff. Uh, definitely one 
to take note of. And Keith, I'm going to stick with you. This will round out the podcast for your nap of the weekend, please. Um, it's obviously a tricky one because we don't have prices, do we? Um, I'll give you one for Fairy House each day, so because we don't know what's going to run. So the four on Saturday, the four thirty, I'll go with Seabank Bistro. Then on Sunday, the five thirty, I'll go with Brighter Days ahead in the bumper. I reckon he'll win that. And then Monday, the six ten, I reckon Ballyburn will win that bumper. So whatever runs. Very good. Three for the price of one there from Keen Kirby. You can't ask fairer than that. Um, Jamie Benson, I'll ask you the same question. Your nap of the weekend. You can give us three. You can give us four. You can give us one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to just give you an extra one in the form of Dayran Dakarjak, who runs in the Sussex Champion Chase, a handicap at Plumpton, four oh eight on Monday. Um, who is one of the great cliff horses for many people, uh, as he is for me. But he runs off one two seven, which just is an extraordinary mark uh, to be to be running off. And for a horse that has shown so much talent, and still five pounds lower than his hurdle rating, he's a ten year old now, but he definitely has one more big win in in him, and I reckon it might be here. So let's day around to Carjack in the four oh eight at Plumpton. Brilliant stuff. Fingers crossed he can do the business for Jamie Benson and Dermo. Uh, last but most certainly not least your nap for the weekend please uh, the Capo Glory in 505 at Fairy House on Saturday declared and everything else Darren so it's uh, the Capo Glory uh, for the glory the Capo Glory for the glory for Jeremy Nolan so fingers crossed for him as well and with that that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Race Hour podcast uh, with thanks as always to our partners bookmakers.com and our very very generous sponsors the tote.co.uk thank you to Kean, jamie and dermo for joining me this week and to you the listener be lucky gamble responsibly and we'll talk to you soon tote corner each week on the race hour keeping you up to date ahead of the weekend jumps racing check out the tote today and get involved